It's about showing them that you're going to give them skill that will not just close one deal, but it will have a, a massive impact on, on them because it's replicatable skill from deal to deal, from client to client. You're listening to the Audible Ready Podcast, the show that helps you and your teams sell more faster. We'll feature sales leaders sharing their best insights on how to create a sales engine that helps you fuel repeatable revenue growth. Presented by the team at Force Management, a leader in B2B sales effectiveness. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Rachel Kleppmiller and welcome to the Audible Ready Podcast. Today, I wanted to bring up a podcast topic that came to me as I was watching one of our recent webinars, the one on medic, had this idea for the podcast. So often uh, we institute policies in our sales organization, whether it be medic, a new way of doing things. And despite our best intentions, they unfortunately tend to be compliance exercises. People don't see the value in doing them and therefore they fall by the wayside putting stuff in Salesforce is probably a, a really great, obvious example. Um, Brian Walsh joins me to talk about how we can prevent this from happening in your sales organizations. Hi, Brian. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I know this is a topic that I've heard you talk about in so many words around a lot of different yeah. areas that, that we cover, this idea of not making things compliance exercises. Yeah, I'm sitting here closing my eyes, shaking my head, and just... <laughs> reliving my, my past and my career. So yes, I'm subject that is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> because, you know, compliance doesn't get people to move because they don't see the value. And I, I mentioned at the top, the webinar we just did on medic, that's probably a good example of this. It's, it's an acronym. It's simple to remember, but to institute it in your sales organization in a way that provides value to the organization is, is not easy. How would you describe Brian, implementing medic successfully. I love to dig into that a little bit deeper. Implementing it successfully so it's not just a compliance exercises that people have to fill out in Salesforce. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there's, look, there's some, um, I don't know what the right, I'm, I'm searching for the right word. There's some longstanding truths or idioms that I think apply to this kind of stuff. You know, like, um, sadly, just lost a longtime mentor of mine. And as I was thinking about Tom, just the other day, um, and this podcast, it reminded me of something he used to say all the time. He, we talk about something like this getting implemented in our organization or some sort of in initiative, or because that's really what you're doing here, right? Some sort of initiative or transformation. And you know, Tom, Tom would laugh sometimes and he'd say, "Oh, here comes another example of managing the ants as the elephants go marching marching through town." <laughs> and and I, you know, I think of Tom in this moment and that saying because. I think that's the kind of thing that happens. We, you know, some set of leaders has this, this idea or this great thought with really good intent that if we could just get like a standard way to, in this case, qualify opportunities, man, that would be just, that'd be great. And before you know it, they've handed the project off to some folks who are in an operational capacity and their job is to make it work. And before you, they know it, uh, or before the sales organization in this case knows it, they're being asked to throw a bunch of stuff into salesforce.com, but without any rhyme or reason or understanding of, you know, how are we going to get value out of this? So I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is, is this a project or a transformational effort that's worthwhile because it's going to bring value 
to the individual contributors in this case and to the company, right? And if and if it's if that's truth, if that's if that's true, you've got to get your arms around the idea that well, the only way people are going to uh, do this or it, or you're going to make it a part of the company's uh, operating rhythm or DNA is if they understand that this is how the leaders are going to run the business. Right, because mm-hmm. right, if it, you know, you, we we can talk about the three types of people later because I think it applies to this. But they have to know that um, the leadership is fully invested, and you know, lots of people have heard me tell my story about how David Kearns, uh, the C, the third CEO of Xerox, saved the company with a, a quality manufacturing initiative that he spread throughout the company from the top down. David did not, and this was in early 1980s. David did not abdicate his responsibility to lead and and push it down a level or another level or another level. And and as uh, Frank Gasolino, when our counter, one of our counterparts likes to say, you know, if you push something down another level, you're going to lose its um, impact by an order of magnitude. That is really hard to measure, but it's very evident to see. And I think that's the first thing you got to get your arms around. If you're really going to do something like this, you got to get your leadership team fully invested because they see the value for their people and for the business. That's number one. And I think you've got to be able to effectively communicate that value. It's not, people don't care what you're going to do. They care about why would we do it, right? And that's, um, there's more than enough evidence out there to, to point to the fact that if you can connect people to the why, you have a higher likelihood of, pe- of people being willing to give it a, ch- to give it a shot and, and go long-term with something like this. And in my mind, for the reps, or for, you know, in this case, the individual contributors, it's really, the why is about two things. It's one, it's it's helping them move deals through the pipeline more effectively and, and more efficiently, more you know, more quickly. And two, it's about showing them that you're going to give them skill that will not just close one deal, but it will have a, a massive impact on, on them because it's replicatable skill from deal to deal, from client to client. So that's, that's what's in my head kind of out of the gate. Yeah, as it specifically relates to, to medic, and a couple of things I wanted to, to dive a little bit deeper in that you just said, Brian, you mentioned communicating the value. So if, you, if we use medic as an example, if we say, okay, this is, this is how we are going to do we are going to do business because we need to drive predictable revenue for this company. That's valuable to the organization. But for me as an individual contributor, I'm a couple steps away from that. That's right. Right. So you have to think about the value at each level of the organization. And you just sort of highlighted what that for medic specifically, what that is for the individual contributor, because that value changes up and down the food chain. Yeah, the good news is it's all linked, but you right. you you nailed it, right? When I'm sitting down on when I'm carrying a quota, right, and my my earnings and and my my career and all of that are based off of my ability to deliver that quota. I mean, I get it. I'm I'm and if and if I if I'm a good employee, right? If I'm a good member of the team, I I care that the company wants to grow and needs to grow. That's great. But if I don't feel like that is going to trickle down and impact me, you're probably going to lose my attention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see things as complying if I see the value in it. And I think that it benefits me. You talked about abdicating uh, your responsibility in launching an initiative as a leader. We have that concept and um, I believe you use it too, this idea of leading from the front with everything, even if it is 
figuring out what those acronyms represent in your deal, even if we're down at the individual contributor level, you as a leader have to own that initiative and ensure that it's happening up and down the organization. Yeah. And, and I think, it, you know, how you, how you own it is just as critical because if, if you start with, we will do this, come hell or, you know, if you, if you take the drill instructor approach to something like this, like we will do this, you know, like it or not kind of thing, go take that hill. There's a high chance that you're going to get a lot of um, subversive revolt, right? Or, or covert resistance. Like the, the idea that people, a lot of people will sit in front of you and shake their head. Yes. And the moment they're out of your eyesight, they're, they're like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. It's the old, you know, you go do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You do it. Versus if you can start with the why, right. If you can get people connected to the value first and then start to show them the how, well, the what, like, you know, the fact that we're going to do it, that becomes a, just an, it's an outcome. It's like, well, of course I'm going to do this. I see the value and I understand how to do it versus we're going to go do this period. End. like people don't, people, especially adults, they do not respond well to that. If they did, they'd stay in the military their entire lives. Right. <laughs> and, and by the way, command and control works in the military and <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fine. And it makes sense. You have to have it. And I'm not suggesting very, very specifically, I'm not suggesting that accountability doesn't matter. It's the order. If you start with accountability, you're going to lose a lot of people. If you end with accountability, you'll, you'll lose the people that you should lose. Right. Because if you start with, yeah, if you start with the why and then you move into the how and you become a great coach of skill and you meet the individual players that you have where they are to give them what they need, right? Give them the skill set that they need to develop. And Medic's a great example. If I have a, if I have a seller on my team who's already a great sales athlete, but they, the place they really need some help with is just one part of Medic. That's where I focus versus if I've got someone who's brand new, I got a, a lot more work to do with that person. So, I start with why I coach the, to the individual and then, and in my mind only then, do I have the right to hold myself and all others accountable? And that's when you can start to look at people who don't belong because they don't want to make the change and go, you don't fit. And that's okay. Not a value judgment. It just means mm-hmm. you don't fit anymore. You know, it's the old, um, people say, uh, what's the old, uh, do as I do as I say, not as I do kind right. of thing. Right. You know, I think if you kind of put the lens on the, the, the other, the, the other, uh, like the reps, it's like, they're looking at you saying, I'm going to follow what you do. I'm not going to follow what you say. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how most of us are built. It's like, you can stand up on stage and, you know, you know, we say this all the time, stand mm-hmm. on stage and pump your fist. That loses its, its uh, novelty after about 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. People are going to start watching what you do, not what you say. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we talked a lot about this, about medic as it relates to this, because it's an easy example to demonstrate. I think some of these things that you're talking about, the other topic that came to mind when I was thinking about, you know, helping people see value in doing activities rather than making them compliance was deal, deal inspections. You've, you've talked about it a lot and I've even said deal inspections and you've uh, corrected me, uh, calling them opportunity coaching sessions. And that's what we call them at force management. We're very specific about that word coaching because it's very different than inspecting. And it's related to this topic we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It hit me a long, long time ago when 
somebody I was working for, we were just having this conversation as a management team, and they said, listen, everybody, we don't need managers who can check off stuff um, in a box. And that's what you're doing when you do a review of a deal and a, a rep comes into your office and walks you through everything they know about the deal so that you you feel more comfortable when you get on a, uh, a forecast update. Right? That's, that's all you're doing. You're inspecting. I, I don't... Or as, as other many have heard me say, and I apologize, as I said on the webcast before, one of my other favorite people in the world, Bob Webb, used to say, I don't need a rep to come into the office and read me the news. My job is to help the rep make the news. Right. right? So the idea is that when someone comes into my office, I'm prepared to have a conversation. If I've asked the rep to keep track of everything in the deal in Salesforce, I've actually taken five minutes to go into Salesforce and look at it before the rep walks in. Because if I'm good at this, with less than 10 minutes of prep, I can have a really good point of view on where this deal is at based on what the rep has put in the sales force. So now it's on me to show up prepared, right? If I'm asking the rep to keep the deal up to date, the rep should expect me to show up prepared to talk about the deal wherever it sits. I don't have all the answers, but now I don't need the rep to spend 20 minutes getting me up to speed on the deal. We can do it in about three to five. And then we can spend 20 or 25 minutes talking about what we're going to do together right, to move the deal forward. So now it's not an inspection or, or a review. It's literally a coaching session on the deal, right? And it's not a, necessarily a coaching session on the rep's skills. It's a coaching session on the deal. Where is the deal at? Where is the deal strong? Where is the deal weak? What does the deal need? I'm coaching the deal as much as I'm coaching the person, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it and the rep, if they go through enough of those types of sessions, see the value in having those sessions around their opportunities. Not only do they see the value, two things happen. One, they first and foremost start to get skill that they naturally start replicating in other deals. Mm -hmm. The second thing that starts to happen is they start to see and get so much value out of these. And I've heard this literally hundreds of times from managers. They start to get so much value out of these like they haven't in the past that before you know it, a manager has more deal reviews on their calendar than anything else, right? They're not, yeah. and they're doing less forecast updates, which mm -hmm. is such a waste of time, right? Because the mm -hmm. forecast is, I mean, the forecast just already is. And people spend so much time chasing the forecast when they should be chasing the deals much earlier in the process. And doing that provides value for you as the manager and the rep at the same time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey man. I mean, there's, there's nothing for me to add there. You, you just nailed it. <laughs> well, Think of the confidence level that gives you as a manager when somebody looks at you and says, Hey, walk me through the, the, the strength of the deals in your pipeline. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Brian, you, you, we talked about how to drive that accountability so people don't feel like they're just going through compliance exercises, whatever the initiative is, medic, just putting things in Salesforce, whatever initiative yep. you're, you're launching with them, starting with, with the why, then providing the how. Are there any other final words or tips you'd like to share as we wrap up this topic today? Well, only in that I don't want it to get lost because I would never want to leave something like this with people thinking, oh, he's, being, he's, he's kind of being soft on this or I'm not being soft on this at all. I strongly believe in accountability. Mm -hmm. but you can't hold accountability. You can't hold people accountable until they understand why are we doing something and how are we going to do it, right? I mean, that's, that's the mistake that most people make. 
once you've done that, now you can separate people into one of three groups, right? Which is my early adopters who saw the value, may have seen the value even if I didn't show it to them up front, but they're getting it, they're using it. I'm gonna hold those people up as an example of what good looks like. I'm gonna recognize them. I'm gonna do things to promote them and their behavior. You get my point, right? Yep. Then I can look then I can look at the rest of my at my folks and go, okay, the rest of you are either skeptics or you're cynics. I don't think you have a lot of time to separate them. The good news is it doesn't take long because the skeptics are people who can be converted through your action. And the reason they are skeptics is because they've seen this movie before. They've seen their company or another organization they're in launch some sort of initiative. They talk about it, they talk about it, they talk about it, but they never really do anything with it. So they're like, you know, this might be valuable, but are we really gonna do this? Because, you know, if you're gonna ask me to do this, I need to get value out of it. And if, and if I do this and you don't use it, I'm not gonna make any value. So, they're, they're the ones who you can convert through your actions. So you'll see their behaviors change pretty quickly as long as your behaviors change. Those are your skeptics. Healthy skeptics are good. Then you got your cynics. Your cynics can't be converted. You'll start acting differently. They won't. You have to decide what to do with your cynics. My point of view and my advice is make your cynics available to industry at large. I've never seen a company go out of business for let their, letting their cynics walk out the door. That's a piece I don't want to get. I don't want to get lost in all of this. Okay, and I think that's a good, good final thought and give people easy ways to separate those three types of people in your organization. We also have a blog related to cynics at your sales kickoff and how to convert them uh, with. I do. We wrote that uh, with your input, Brian, and your forgot about that. point of view. It's a good one. So I will link it up in, in the show notes. I know, you know, we talked about medic, opportunity coaching, those types of concepts, but this concept also relates a lot to those of you who are planning your sales kickoffs right now and thinking about these initiatives that you might be launching for next year. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really important as you're thinking about SKO, you know, and especially in the new environment we're in, where you're probably going to be doing this in some sort of virtual medium, you really need to think through how are you going to engage your folks, not just in that moment, but well before, so that you build some momentum, you get them ready, you can start to identify your early adopters and your skeptics and your cynics, you can start to address some of those before you even get to SKO and those kinds of things. So yeah, I think that's a huge thing to be thinking through right now, because before you know it, the beginning of the year is going to be on you. Yeah. And it all makes a difference in how successful your yeah. uh, launch event is. Thank you so much for the conversation today, Brian. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. And thank all you right. to all of you for listening to the Audible Ready podcast. See you later. At Force Management, we're focused on transforming sales organizations into elite teams. Our proven methodologies deliver programs that build company alignment and fuel repeatable revenue growth. Give your teams the ability to execute the growth strategy at the point of sale. Our strength is our experience. The proof is in our results. Let's get started. Visit us at forcemanagement.com. You've been listening to the Audible Ready Podcast. To not miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Until next time.